0: Um, praise God. Well, um, you know, as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking, you know, the world we live in, um, everybody thinks that everything that happens is, um, is a coincidence or it's about luck or it's about chance. And, uh, it's just amazing when you hear the media talk and even people that we know, you know, people that are worldly, maybe people that are ungodly on church, people that don't really know the Lord, they just really assume that everything that happens is just, it's just my luck. I had good luck. I had bad luck. And when you read the Bible, the Bible doesn't talk anything about coincidence or chance or luck at all. it's not, it, it's not there. and um, so those of us who serve God who have received Christ, and we understand that, that that's not how God operates. you know God's not a God of chance, a God of, uh, a God of uh, coincidence or a God of luck. And um, I experienced this, and some of you in here know the the story of my wife and I, but you might not know all the intricate details, and I'm not going to give every one of them, but I really believe the the story of the way Lori and I met is an example of God's not operating in coincidence. And uh, we were just talking about this, you know, we always kind of talk about it. And I'm always reminded about it, but it's like when I begin to really remember what God did, it reminds me of how he put all the pieces into place. And um, for those of y'all who don't know, Lori's not from Louisiana. I was Born in New Orleans, I moved to uh, St. Bernard Parish, I think, when we were like two years old. We, so I grew up in Chalmette. I was one of those people, I said, I was never gonna leave Chalmette. And God had other plans. Hurricane Katrina came and I was still stubborn. I was going back, like, we're gonna fix this house. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna I'm not leaving Chalmette. And 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 God had other things. And of course, this is how this church was birthed. Pastor Carl and Sister Dawn uh, pioneered this church here in Covington because of Katrina. We had a lot of members that that had located across the lake, and, and a lot of people didn't, didn't go back. But anyway, so I was living in, in St. Bernard at the time, and um, when Lori and I met, I was attending First Baptist, first Baptist Church at Met. and Lori was from Cincinnati, Ohio. She had her two children, uh, Lee and Michelle, with her. Um, they were like three and four at the time when she had first moved, and then about a year older or so by the, by the time we had gotten married. And I mean, you, you all probably realize this because of their names, but I adopted them. And the Lord just kind of impressed upon me the importance of, of making them feel like they were just as, as my children as if we had our own children. And I just thought that we were able to do that. I know some families can't do that because of the connection you still have, but we, we were fortunate where I was able to, to adopt them and there was no resistance, no reluctance whatsoever. And I just wanted to make sure that they knew that with that name, Lukinovich, you were my child. You were my son, you were my daughter. And that was important. So anyway, so Laurie um, Lori actually came to Louisiana. Her, her sister, Nikki, was living on the West Bank at the time, and she was actually fleeing from her husband at the time, and his, his parents actually helped her escape from him, basically. He was, it, was a, it was becoming a very dangerous situation, so here she is in Cincinnati, how she lived in all kinds of different places across the country, never lived in, in, in uh, Chalmette, and she ended up going to Gretna on the West Bank. Then she got a job um, on, in Chalmette, at working as a with a cardiologist um, in a doctor's office, and so then she moved from the West Bank to uh, to Chalmette, where she was actually living in Saint Bernard in um, apartments called Sugar Mill Apartments. It was some low-income government um, apartments, but they were really super cool. I and mean, the one that she was in, they had just built it. And um, I remember when I first walked in there. I mean, I, I, I know, Lori probably remembers this. I was just blown away by how nice she had the place looking. It was just like a it was a two-bedroom uh, apartment, nothing nothing fancy, but she had this thing looking like a palace because that's just how Lori was. I didn't, I didn't understand, but that's just how she was. But anyway, so she came to, to there. She was living there, and then she ended up uh, uh, visiting the Chalmette Baptist Church. And Dennis Watson, and many of y'all don't know this. You know, De- y'all know Dennis Watson. from uh, He passed the Celebration Church. But his first pastor was First Baptist Chalmette. I-, I knew Dennis before he was even a pastor. He was just... He was on staff at the church in Sharmat, but he really wasn't a paid staff position. He just wanted to be involved in ministry. But he took time to go visit with Lori and um, make a connection with her, and she got involved in the church. And um, we ended up kind of getting involved with the um, with the, younger, with the singles ministry, really is what it was, which I never did like to be considered single because I was like, <laughs> I was too young, and I was like, you know, in my twenties, I'm like, I don't. It just felt weird to say I was in my, I was it with the single ministry and I was that young, like that. But anyway, that's how we met. There was a Bible study. It was a couple. I did a, did a did a Bible study and everything, and we ended up um, meeting. And um, to tell you how God works with that, I mean, just the timing and the and the way that that all worked out, that we would even, you know, and I and I still pray this prayer today that I thank God that our paths crossed, because I recognized how amazing that was that they did cross, and how almost impossible that was that we met each other, and, but she, so we met each other, and, but she was, um, we had gone to that Bible study a little bit, and everybody actually officially, like, did a date, like, called her up to go on a date, and so the, um, the, the night I had called her up to go on a date, she was going to make a phone call to her grandmother in Roswell, New Mexico and to tell her that she was taking her kids and they were gonna move over there because her her grandmother was gonna give her money to go to school. Lori had had started nursing school when she was in Cincinnati, and then she was able to finish it in New Orleans at the Charity Nursing School, which they don't have the program anymore, but she was one of the last classes to graduate from Charity School of Nursing. Um, But but her grandmother was gonna help her financially to finish that, and um, the night that I called Lori, to so ask her on a date was the night that she was going to call her grandmother to tell her she was coming, and after I called Lori, she didn't call her grandmother. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> now, that, if that's not God, I mean, come on. That's not a coincidence. That's not luck, and that's not chance. And, uh, and, and not to, to go over everything, but, you know, Lee, um, Lee is a miracle that he's here today. Uh, when Lori was pregnant with Lee, she was going to have an abortion, and she actually went to an abortion clinic. And thank God Lori met someone that was actually able to explain to her, you know, what was that? Huh? Well, they just this weird face. well Lori, yeah, she just felt like there, were, there wasn't like an ease, an ease like this, should, something that she should be doing. But she didn't really understand all of what it was. But anyway, just to, just to show you that, how God preserved and protected Lee. And that's a, that's a whole story of pro-life right there of Lee and how, and how God did that. And um, so it's just, it's just a miracle, and you just look back. So um, when we see the hand of God working, we understand that these aren't coincidences. They're not like chances or about luck. It's God ordaining these events and these things in his timing in his way and his place at every step of our lives. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, There was a season, a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight, an event or purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. The Bible says that there is a season and a time appointed for everything that happens in the world. That it's not just like everything that happens, is just like God just scatters everything out there, and it's just like whatever happens, happens. The Bible says that things are appointed and they'll happen and they're, they're designated and designed for a purpose. And for a reason. And God, God has seasons and times appointed for his purpose. And even the coming of Christ, and, I, and I've always thought about this, the Bible even says that the coming of Christ was at just the right time. You know, we think, well, you know, Jesus could have died at any time. Well, the Bible says that Christ died at just the right time. So there was a season and a time and a purpose and a place in history that God had already set up that this was when Christ would come as the Messiah. And be crucified. Romans 5, 6, it says, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So so God had a had a place, had a purpose, that had a time. And um that gives me comfort to know that the that the God I serve, that the God I'm trusting in, is not just a God of chance, but a God of purpose. And a God that 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 is appointed for everything that that, that happens for us. So if everything is according to God's time, then that would include you and me. That means that we too fit in God's perfect plan and design in history. Today, in, in February, in 2023, there's a purpose, there's a reason behind why you and I are seated here this morning in this room. Um, the, the Bible has a fascinating book in the Old Testament called Esther. And if you've never read the book, you got to go, you got to read the book. I'm not going to. The, the message is really out on the book of Esther, but you got to go read the book. It's a fascinating story of God, and and, and, and and really God's timing and the way God had all these things planned out. But but if you read read the story, Esther and her cousin Mordecai had been um, exiled from Jerusalem to Persia by, by King Nebuchadnezzar, and they were there living as living as exiles in this land. And the Bible says that the, the king at the time of Persia was looking for a, a, another queen, and they had sent a search out for um, for young ladies that were that, that were there in the in the area to be brought to the king. And one of those young ladies that was brought to the king was Esther. And if you read the story, she, she was a she was a Jew, yet she ended up being a queen, the queen, the the, the the queen there in, in Persia. And she was she she was raised up. And um, but if you read the story. Um, there was a vile, wicked man named Haman that, that had, had, had put an edict out that all the Jews were going to be annihilated. And he had gotten the king to endorse that and to sign an edict saying that this decree will go out, that every Jew will be, annih- will be annihilated. And um, and so Mordecai recognized this, and he also began to understand that that Esther was in a position as a Jew and as the queen to speak to the king on behalf of the Jews. He, he, he understood this. So in, um, in, in Esther chapter 4, this is what Mordecai spoke to his cousin Esther. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but, but that, you have, been, you, that but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And he he recognized that, and I, this is the t- the message titled this morning is such a time as this, and um, Mordecai recognized that that Esther had been placed at that time in, in history for such a time as this that God would use her to rescue uh, the Jews from being from being annihilated, and um, you see Mordecai began to realize that it wasn't just by circum by, by, by chance. That Esther was raised up to be a queen, that there was a purpose and a reason why God had allowed her to gain this favor and this position, and it was just for her to step in and grab the king's ear as a way to save the Jews from being annihilated. And if you if you read the story, it's a remarkable story. Um, Haman uh, had had uh, had uh, had uh, anger against Mordecai. Mordecai uh, he. he um, he refused to bow down to Haman, the Bible says, and that's where his anger became uh, against the Jews. He learned that Mordecai was a Jew, and that's when he had the, the king write the edict that all the Jews would be, would be annihilated. So uh, Mordecai said it, that all the Jews would be killed, including I mean, Haman said this, including Mordecai, and he built these gallows. That, he built a gallow that, um, that he was going to hang Mordecai on, and if you read this story, Haman himself ended up hanging on the gallow. So it was just amazing the way God reversed that, and just the story is just a beautiful, beautiful story. So it's just one of those things in the Bible. If you don't pick up the Bible and make it a point to read it, you miss out on that stuff. So it's just, it's just, it's just a, great, a great story. But, but it really shows that God had raised up Esther for, for such a time as that, and we too have been placed at, our, at this time in history, we're going to look at this for, for the time that God has given us, and that's what I want us to see here this morning. So, um, so what is it that God wants us to see as we consider our time? Like, this is our time, if you think about it. This is the time that God has given you and I. And so what is it that God wants us to see? Well, the first thing here is in Jeremiah chapter 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So the first thing I believe that God wants us to see is you were born for such a time as this. You were born for such a time as this. You know, maybe I'm the only person that's ever thought about this, but have you ever considered the the timing of God in your life and where where you were born and where you lived? Has it ever, like, crossed your mind? It, it crosses mind all the time. And I always think not just of the place that I was born here and now, but the, the time in history where I could have been born. Like God could have, could have uh, uh, designed it for me to be born at any place in history, at any time, but God made it so that I was born in this time. And if you think about it, you have no control over the, the, your gender, the place that you were born, the city you were born in. That, in other words, that, that is all, like your parents obviously made the decision, but for you to be born, you had no say-so in that. That was all God's design so I have to think that if, that if that's how God worked it out, then there was a reason. There was, there was a place and a time and a purpose for, the, for, for where it was that I was born. And um, so we can look and we can say, well, why wasn't I born in other places in history or other times? Because God wanted you born in this time. God had you born for such a time as this in, in this place. So, um, so when you think about it, um, when we think about the age and history we were born in, God put us in this place for the technology and the, and the things and all that we, that we have and the, the, and the lifestyle and all. God created us for this time in history, for this space. This is, this is what God had for us. So we have to understand that, that it's not an accident, that I can't go back and think, well, I, I wish I would have been born in that time in history or with that, in that place. No, God had you here in this place, so there's a reason, there's a, there's a purpose behind that that God, that God has for us. And then the, the next thing we see is God, see, God needs you for this time. like God, See, God needs you for this time. You know, a lot of times we compare ourselves to other people um, in history, a lot of times. And, and, and athletes do that. Um, pe- people in, you know, uh, in media and all in different uh, things, they compare themselves to other giants. Well, Christians can do the same thing. We can compare ourselves to biblical people, and we can say, well, I wish I was Moses, or I wish I was David, or I wish I was Elijah, or Mary, or Hannah, and all those different remarkable people in the Bible. And God, God is saying, you know what? I don't need a Moses now. I need you now. Amen. That like, God, God, God needs us for this day. And, and so God will look out, and he would say, I, I need a Brian, and I need a Joshua and I need a Denise, and I need a Jeremy, and these are the people I need for now. So don't try to go back and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if I woulda lived my life at another time, God's called you for this time. We have no choice in the matter. This is the time that God has given us. And the Bible says we were born for such a time as this. This is the time slot that God has given us. And so um, it's imperative for us to understand that there's a reason and there's a purpose for that. And then we also need to understand that everyone that God has created in his time is needed. Lord was every one of us have significance. and this, this comes from our relationship with the Lord. When we come to Christ, we, we understand that, that God that God puts significance and importance and value on my life. So it's important for us to understand, and even in this church that whoever you are and whatever place God has put you, you were no more or no less valuable than the next person. God needs every one of us. God has a place and a purpose for all of us, and he needs all of us um, in, in the work that he's doing in this place and in, and in this church. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, and this is really almost kind of funny, the way Paul wrote this, in chapter 12 it says, if the whole body were an eye, where would this sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And the other places where Paul wrote that, he, he, he said, he gave the analogy, what if the foot would say to the ear, I don't need you? What if we were all a foot? That wouldn't work out too good if we were all ears or all noses or all whatever, that wouldn't work. But every one of us make up the body. And Paul was making the point that there is no part of the body that is any less valuable or important than, than the other. We all have significance and we all have value in the body. So, so the first thing I believe that God wants to see is we were born for such a time as this. In other words, this, this is our time in history to make an impact for the Lord. Th- this, is the, this is the time that God has given us. We didn't choose the time, we, we didn't choose the place, but this is where God has placed us. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. That we were born for this time. And um, so God has given all of us unique gifts and talents that, that, that are useful in his, in his kingdom. The next thing we see here is in First Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the next thing we see here is you are called for such a time as this. And this is speaking to the church, but God has called us for such a time as this. See, God is a God of order and purpose. And God doesn't do anything by chance that everything has a reason And everything is created and done for his glory and his purpose, including us. That that God has called us for such a time as this. See, the Bible says before before we were born, God knew us. God knew who you were before you were born, the Bible says. Um, The Bible says in Scripture, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that means that with God, there's no mistakes. There's not a mistake. Lee wasn't a mistake. Lee was fearfully and wonderfully made by God every human life has value it doesn't matter how that life was conceived it has value it's a child of god it was it was conceived of God it was it, it, it has significance and it has value and it has purpose and and there's a, and there's a there's a plan for that life there's a there's a beautiful plan and design for every single human being and that that God has created and um so God has given each of us significance so See, God, um, God has set us apart. We are set apart as Christians unto God. That's what God has done for us. And God, God has appointed you. He has given you a purpose. See, many believers think that we choose God, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God chose you, that God looked at you and he, he chose you. In John 15, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And I love that. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you. So I want everybody in this room to understand that God chose you. If you're standing in this room today, God, you're chosen by God. God. God has invited you to participate in his work, in his kingdom on the earth. And to me, that's a pretty big deal. I've said that before in in other messages, that God would allow me, little old me, to participate in his big gigantic plan for for salvation across the earth. That's pretty significant. And all of us play a part in that in this time in history, for, for such a time as this. So if we are chosen, then God chose us for a reason and this is just just a few things that, that I believe God chose us for but there's many more than this the first thing is we were chosen to represent him on the earth and the Bible says that we are Christ's ambassadors what's an ambassador ambassadors are representative if, if we have a if the United States has an ambassador and that ambassador goes to China what does that ambassador do? he represents the United States in China, or whatever place that he goes. Well, it's the same thing for you and I. The Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ everywhere we go. Every place we work, the neighborhood we live in, the families we spend our time with, um, everything that we're doing, we, we are ambassadors for Christ, and we represent Jesus Christ. And I love, and I want to say, Wayne and Barrel, that was beautiful, the, which I'll share today for communion. Um, but I thought the analogy that you gave Sister Barrel, with the, with the bottle of perfume was so appropriate, and it's so true, and that, that's what we do. We, we leave a fragrance, and hopefully we're leaving a good fragrance. I mean, we, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, you want to you wanna be able to walk out of the room and you want somebody to say, that smells, that smells good in here. You know the, the frag, you know not the physical fragrance, but the 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 fragrance you left with your presence and your words and your actions and your attitude. You left the room, but you left behind a nice, beautiful smelling fragrance. That's Christ. That's the that's the aroma of Christ that the Bible talks about. We we don't want to leave a stench. We don't want to leave a bad smell. We want to leave a, a sweet smelling uh, a perfume. So so that that is the first thing. And see, you are called. To represent Jesus now, not when Moses was living, not two hundred years from now, this time in history, this place, and and again, I can't say it enough. That adds significance to our birth, that it wasn't just like happen chance that I was born in this period in history, but God had a design and a purpose for me living this time. That God needed us, our giftings, our abilities, our understanding. To represent Jesus in this uh, per- place in history. Does that make sense? I mean, that, that's so, I mean, to me, that just makes us so valuable in God's eyes that, that God chose us for that. And then the, the, other, the next thing that we do is, um, God chose us is to bring glory to the Lord. And, and, and that's what we do here. The Bible says that, we, that you may declare the praises of what? Of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. See, and that, you know, I think of people like Ray, and I know Antoine's downstairs, but Ray's up here leading worship. You know, Ray's declaring the praises of what God did in his life, that he was living in darkness. He was living, you know, living away from God, apart from God, rebellious to God. And now look what God did. And so what does Ray do? I'm declaring the praises. I'm I'm, I'm just declaring his praises, and God has given Ray beautiful songs that he's written that really, that really, uh, write and, and share what it is that God has done for him. We just declare that. So when we praise God, it's not just um, like we just praise God. We're declaring something. We're, we're worshiping God. We're, we're telling God who he is, and we're declaring what he's done for us, his greatness, his goodness. And you all have heard me say this. When we worship God on Sunday mornings, we're not just worshiping the God that the tabernacle church picked. Like, okay, this is just the God we decide to worship. No, we're worshiping the only God. There's only one God. The Lord told Israel, here, O oh Israel, the Lord, the Lord your God is one. There's only one God. There is no other. We are worshiping the only God. He is Jehovah. He is creator. He is sovereign. So God has chosen us in 2023 or in this time in history when you were born to do what? to declare the praises of God, to to glorify the name of God. Not just on on, uh, Sunday mornings. You can praise God and worship God throughout the whole week. What what does the Bible say? God has put a new song in my mouth. He put a new song in my lips. You should have a constant awareness of the presence of God in your life. And there should be a glow about you that others recognize. You know what? There's something different about them. I don't know really, I don't know really, really what it is, but they're different. It's Jesus. It's God's love. It's His presence in our lives. So, so that's what we do: is we declare, we declare the glory of God, and then the third thing is we we point people to Jesus. That's what we do. We're we're not pointing them to a religion. You know, we're not even really pointing them to this church. We. We want him to come to this church, but what is the ultimate goal of coming to the church? Finding Jesus. That's what we want you to do. We, we invite you to come, but we don't want to say, well, just join our church. We want you to find Jesus. <laughs> Fall in love with him. Develop a relationship with him. We, we want to see lives change. So, so God has called us in this time in history to, to, to be useful in him. to Do what? To point people to Christ. That, that's, what, that's what we do. That, that's, what God, that's what God has called us to do. And um, the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news, That bring the good news of the gospel. Think about that. How, how beautiful are the feet. How beautiful were the feet of, of the person that shared the good news with you, that took the time to pray with you, that someone was praying, that someone shared the gospels, a preacher preached a message. You know, how beautiful are our feet when we share the beautiful message of God's salvation, of, of the gospel, that God, God has, has loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And then we see in Psalms chapter 90, and um, this, this verse becomes more, you become more aware of this verse as you get older. When you're younger, this verse probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but the older you get, this verse makes a lot of sense, this passage It says, All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If we only knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So the next thing that God wants to see is you must make the most of such a time as this. The Bible says it here, and, you know, we think of, you know, if you're young, and again, you've you got to get older to, to understand all this stuff. If you're young, 70 and 80 sounds super old. It sounds like, are you kidding me? That, you you just, just push me out and just send, send, send me away. I'm finished. But as you get older, you begin to discover older ain't that old. The older I get, the older old gets. I'm just being honest with you. So, so but, but, but really, and if you think this isn't hard for us to understand, you could be young and still grasp this. If you live to be 70 or 80 or 100, and that's good, and I believe God wants us to have longevity here on earth, what does that compare to eternity? The Bible says he, there, there's another scripture where the Bible compares our life to a vapor. What, is, what does a vapor do? It goes up. And and before you have a chance to really admire it and see what it's going to do, what does it do? It goes away. That's what our life is. It's it's like a vapor. So what does that tell us as Christians? Make the most of the time that God has given us. And and all of us, I think every one of us in here, myself included, my hands up, we could do a better job at time management. I mean, we all have 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, all those things. God, am I maximizing the time you've given me for your purpose? for your glory am i am i am i being mindful that yes my time this our time is short and 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 we are only going to get to live on the earth this, this life this this is it we'll live again. if we're in Christ we live again we we'll, we'll will be resurrected to eternal life but the life that God has given us now this is the only one that you and I get and are we being mindful and useful of 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 the time that God has given us that that um that our time indeed is is short. You know, Jesus told the disciples, um, given the analogy of the harvest, he said, "Do not say there's four months and then the harvest." Jesus said, "The harvest is right now," and that's what he said. He said, "Go go out to." He says, "Don't." He he didn't say pray for the harvest. He said, "What? Pray for workers, pray for laborers that will go and and, and go into the harvest field. The laborers that's us. That's what God is doing. So so it really puts a an added weight of responsibility and heaviness on us that, okay, God has called us, this is the time that God has called me to live in, and the time is short. It's, it's not a lot of time. It's not. And, and, and God has got to, myself included, just fan the flames and wake us up and begin to remind us of the urgency of the hour, that this is an urgent hour we live in. That, that people are dying every day that don't know Jesus Christ, that they need the message, they need the love, they need us to reach out to them like someone reached out to us and share the love of Christ. That's what. This is the time that God has given us to do this, and I, I pray that we would be, we'd be found worthy of the time that God, that we would answer the call, that, that we would say, yes, God, this is, this is the time you've given me. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm, here, here I am. I'm sold out. I'm sold out for you, God, and um, just like the psalmist says, help us, help us to remember our days, to know, know remind us, God, that our days are numbered, and to use them for um, for Your glory, Lord. So, so we have to keep the following in mind: that God, that you were born for such a time as this; that this is our time; that God is not by 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 chance, um, but we we are here in this time; that God. God has called you. If you are a Christian and you have accepted Jesus Christ, the Bible says that God has called you this church for such a time as this. And then we need to ask the Lord to teach us to use the time that He has given us wisely, that we might be good stewards of the time that God, that God has given us. And 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 and, and just think about that—that that we were born for such a time as this. I love that. I love the way that. Um, that that Mordecai said that that said that to um, to Esther, he says, um, and you, and he said, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This is what God. This is our time, church. This is what God has given us, and and God wants us to stand up, to rise up, and answer the call that God has given us. And I know this church is poised and ready to do that, and I'm excited to be a part of what God is doing on the earth today in 2023. Isn't it exciting that this was continued all the way from Adam and Eve, you know, all the way to the end of time. We have a place, our our time slot, our place in history of what God is doing on the earth. And I can raise my hand and say, I played a part in that. That's huge. That's awesome. So praise God. You can stand to your feet, please.